Hi, I'm Megan Hillica, a grieving mother turned grief coach. I now support, guide, and offer tools to navigate the unthinkable of child loss to other moms who also know this pain. I help you go from empty, lost, and broken to learning to carry your grief and live alongside it. If there's one thing I want you to see, it's hope. Hope that there's life after loss. Hope that there's so much more for you and encouragement that you're normal. All of this is possible along with never forgetting or moving on from your baby or child. I'm holding on to hope for you until you are ready to hold it yourself. Welcome to Grieving Moms Podcast. Hello, hello, everyone. I am so happy to have you here. Before I dive into the three biggest myths about grief and to dive into coaching and be able to help you and process and work through things that you are struggling with in your grief journey. I just want to invite or like to introduce myself a little bit really quick. My name is Megan. I am a bereaved mother and I am a grief coach. I support grieving moms and guide them through the grief journey, the grief process without ever feeling like you need to let go of your child or let go of your baby or to move on. I think we have this thing as a society that like we need to move on and forget about it. And you don't want to forget about your child, right? You don't want to, to move on and, and forget them because they are a very huge part of your life. They are a very huge part of your experience. You love them. You don't ever want to, to forget them or move on. So I just also want to share three different myths that are very prevalent within um, grief and like the grief world of like what I hear all the time. And the first one I want to talk about deals with time, how time, you know, time heals all wounds. Have you ever heard people say that to you? And you're like, um, I don't know about that. If time heals all wounds or that child loss or baby loss is not something that you ever get over. And I just want to bring a different perspective to this. That is not something we need to get over. It's not something we need to move on from or whatever. But I do have a little bit like I had a client who um, had gone to a support group and they had told her there she was just a few weeks into her grief journey. And they told her that after child loss, you can expect to be grieving for 10 years before you ever start to like get your feet underneath you. And to me, that is one of the biggest lies that we should not be saying that you should never hear when you go around and and people tell you it never gets better. It never gets easier. You, if you lose a child 10 years, you should be like under the heavy, heavy weight of grief. For me, it's been four years. And I would say I have, I have a very beautiful life. I have a lot of joy and laughter alongside of my grief. I've learned to walk with my grief and carry my grief. And I've actually had somebody tell me that they don't think that I can help other people because I'm only four years in which to me is so fascinating and so interesting because we have this vision of time that, okay, this been this amount of years, I should be this part, this, this spot of my journey, or I should, you know, it should, I shouldn't be anywhere near being able to have joy and happiness because it hasn't been 10 years. And if we start to think that, well, I can't be anything else until 10 years, what do you think you're going to get? What do you think you're going to look for? What do you think you're going to try for? And I just think there's a quote that is one of my absolute favorites, and it goes to this extent. We talk a lot about time, and time itself does not matter at all. Time just passes. Time keeps going. Time doesn't matter. 
some people are really, really deep in their grief for 30, 50, 60 years, and they never process it or move through it. And some people do within a year or however long, like we, we judge time so much, but time does not matter. It's what you do with the time that counts. And if you really hold that and understand that, it, it to me, it's so powerful that we get to choose in that time what we want to do with that time. And that if we do the work, we could be in a better spot than if we didn't do the work in 30 years. So that's just the first one I wanted to talk about. If you have any questions, if you have any, like you can feel free to message me in the chat box and just bring up anything that comes up for you. Or even just like, maybe you're like, no, it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter how long it's been is I'm still going to be in this horrible, miserable cloud of grief that doesn't ever end. I guess that's just my hope is to offer to you that there is a light, there is hope. So the next one is about control, is about, I I asked a question recently in my Facebook group of how much control do you feel like you have? And it was like, none, I have no control. I don't have any control. I like, obviously we don't, we don't have control over that our child or baby died. We don't have control over how other people treat us, how other people are around us. We don't have a control over a lot of things, truly. But what we do have control over is how we deal with our experience, is how we move forward, is how we process, is how we fight grief or allow grief in. Is, you know, um, I wanted to like, the choices you have, do you get help? Do you not get help? Do you fight your grief? Do you not fight your grief? I was going to therapy. I've shared this story a thousand times. So if you've heard it before, just pardon me, but I was going to therapy and I was telling my therapist that, you know, like I didn't have a choice. I didn't have a choice in coming to therapy. I just had to come here. And he was like, wait a minute, you do have a choice. You do have a choice. For me, it didn't feel like a choice. It was something I had to do. I knew I couldn't do this alone. I couldn't walk this grief journey without any help or support. And he told me, we all get to make choices and you are choosing to get the help that you need. And other people choose to, like he had a client that had gambled away his house. And so I I don't want to come from a place of judgment. I think it's really important. What I talk about a lot is leading with curiosity and gentleness and kindness and not judgment on yourself. But what kind of choices are you making in your grief journey that are supporting you and getting you to where you want to go or not supporting you and just really getting curious with it and like kind of like interested, like what's what's going on? What do you want? What do you want for yourself and how can you make choices that more align with what you want to do? And so different choices you could make. I, I think it's really important to remember that we get to decide. I know a lot of times it feels like we don't have a choice, but you get to decide if you want to numb. You get to decide if you want to feel. You get to decide how you want to respond to everybody around you. You get to decide if you want to, you know, go outwards and talk to people or go inwards. It's such a personal journey too. And I think it's so important for you to honor and recognize that only you knows what are the best choices for yourself. Like nobody can come in and say, this is what you need to do. This is how you need to do it. It's just supporting you to honor what is the best choices for yourself. So I think that's one of the biggest things. I just had a conversation with a friend yesterday. We were talking about a lot of things that have happened to me, to her, to her family. 
And we were, we're talking about, and this is something I believe so deeply, and maybe you do, and maybe you don't, and you can take it or leave it. But I think all of the things that happen to us, can, you know, we all have heavy things and losing a baby, losing a child is so heavy. It is one of the worst things that could ever happen. And it doesn't mean by working towards healing that you're forgetting them or you're moving on. But if you want to, you know, be the best mom to your other children or be the best wife to your other, your spouse or whatever it is that you would like to do, it is up to you and it is your responsibility to do the work within you. Nobody else can do it for you. As a guide and as a coach, I can't come and do it for you, even though I wish I could, because I know it's so hard. And but I, I can't. Nobody can. And it's not like, you know, if you go to a personal trainer to a gym and you, you want them to like do the workout for you, it's like, no, you have to do the work. I think of all this work that I talk about and teach, it's like a a mental workout. It's like a processing in your mind and your body um, emotionally, not like a physical, like where you're going to the gym, but it's processing physically within your body and mentally within your mind. And that it can only happen from you. It has to be a choice that you make along your grief journey. Do you believe it's possible to learn to live with grief? Do you feel like you have to suffer the rest of your life? When your child dies, your world can turn into chaos. I know that you are doing everything you can possibly do to not lose it. And you really are trying to hold it together for the whole family, to be strong for everyone around you. While inside you feel like you have lost control and your world is slowly unraveling. This is the life of child loss. This is a life you can continue to live, friend, if you want to, but I am here to show you that there is another way. I want you to know that you can learn tools that slowly shift your experience, slowly change it from barely making it to learning to live and laugh again. It's time for you to decide that you are worth the time and energy spent on your grief and your mental and emotional health because this is how you can really love and give to your family. My program, Life After Child Loss, is opening up soon. The program is a five-week program with modules dropping every single week, and it comes along with eight weeks of group coaching as well. And this time, I'm offering two separate groups, one for adult child loss and one for baby and younger child loss. I know that the grief we carry is the same, and I can connect with all of you. But when you are in such pain, sometimes it can be easier to connect with others closer to your situation. So for the coaching, I have two groups, one for adults and one for babies and younger children. And there's going to be a maximum of five people in each group. I want to keep this small and intimate so you can feel comfortable working through and sharing together and really processing and moving through your grief. To get on the wait list and hear how to save your spot, go to www.lifeafterchildlosscoaching.com. And so you can be the first to hear about it, to learn about it, and be able to take one of those spots because they will go quickly. So the last one that I wanted to talk about, I want to talk about three different things. Um, the last one is that child loss, baby loss equals suffering, that we have to suffer, that I know it's so heavy. I know it's painful. My grief walks us alongside me every single day. I want to share a quick like analogy that I love is like when, when my daughter died, this person called grief came, came to walk with me. This person called grief is walking alongside me every single day. And as I walk through my life, 
right away, I was like, get out of here. This, you know, I don't want you to be a part of my life. I fought it. I did not want it to be there. I was like, you know, nobody else can see this person called grief, but only I can. And I know they're there and I fought it so hard. And the more that I relaxed and stopped fighting that grief, I stopped wishing they weren't be they weren't there. I, I realized that they're going to walk with me the rest of my life and that it's okay. And I got more comfortable with it. And I don't have as much suffering in my life because I, I'm not fighting the grief. I'm not wishing it wasn't there. I'm not telling the grief to go away when it, when my grief is there and it comes, especially those waves, I'm like, Oh yeah, this is a part of my life. And I welcome it and I let it in. And the suffering that we feel is, or like the pain, I don't want to say suffering because suffering is not, not something we have to live with, but the pain and the grief is a natural and normal response to loss. A natural and normal response to loss. It is not a bad thing. It is not like something we need to get rid of. It's something we can embrace. It's something we can welcome and move through. It's grief is just love with no place to go. It's so painful. So it gets a really bad rap. And it's like, no, I don't want to process that. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to work through it. When my daughter died, I was like, I just want to go to bed and wake up on the other side. I don't want to go through this. I don't want to have to walk through this dark, dark tunnel. I don't, I don't want to do that. But the reality is that grief is not going to go away and we have to process and work through it. But the suffering that we feel is from the thoughts that we're thinking. Things like this shouldn't have happened. Um, what could have I done differently? This isn't supposed to happen this way. I like all these thoughts that create guilt of I could have done something to prevent their death. How did I, how was I responsible for this? All these thoughts that we think, these cause suffering. So I talk a lot about clean pain and dirty pain or clean grief and dirty grief. And the clean grief is like the grief, just the sadness that they're gone, the sadness that they're not here. It's so painful and it, you can't even describe it. If you're here, you know how painful it is. But the the dirty grief is when you're piling all these thoughts on top of what you're feeling. You're piling all these thoughts on top of the pain. And it's like, this shouldn't have happened. I should have done better. If only I was a better mom. I had a lot of guilt of like, when my daughter died, she had died in the night and I should have gone and checked on her when she was crying because she had stopped crying. So I had this thought of like, I should have gone and checked on her. And I had to do thoughts, thought work on that of like processing that and moving through it. I think so often we think, okay, the suffering a lot of times that I see is guilt, anger, sadness. These are the three emotions that I see the most. Of course, any other emotion is real and very valid in the grief journey. But the suffering a lot of times comes from the guilt and a lot of the other emotions. But the suffering comes from the guilt. Like how, what are the thoughts that are compounding on top of you in your mind that is creating it to be worse, that is making it worse. And when you have this grief that is clean pain, it hurts. It's so painful. But when you allow that pain to be there and it, it like, it kind of flows and moves through, you feel that pain. It feels like there's not a bottom to the hole, but there is a bottom to the hole and you feel it. And then it's done. 
But when you're suffering and cycling in, in guilt and anger and sadness, it just, and when you have these thoughts of, I should have done this, I could have changed this, when you couldn't have. And so many people will say, like, especially with guilt, like, um, well, don't be, don't feel guilty. It wasn't your fault. Like, let it go. And it's like, yeah, that's much easier said than done. If you are feeling guilt, can you agree with me that it feels almost impossible to let go? It feels like you can't. It feels like this is just a part of your life now. And I, I promise you that it's not, it doesn't have to be a part of your life. It doesn't have to be something that you live with and cycle through every single day. It's something that you can process and work through and move through. And so I just think that's something that I is so important to acknowledge and to know that you don't have to suffer. It's one of my, my favorite things to acknowledge is that you can live with grief, but you don't need to suffer in grief. You don't have to suffer in your life. It's learning to carry and live with grief. There was um, two other analogies that I wanted to share. Um, One was, if you think of your thoughts, the thoughts are what is causing the suffering, is causing all these things. If you start to become aware of your thoughts, say a thought like, if I would have done this one thing, then my child would still be alive. And we have. You know, if you think of thoughts like birds that come in in and out of your head, they're coming all the time in and out, in and out. And the only thoughts that count are the ones that you allow to make a nest in your brain. You don't have to believe every thought that comes in your mind. You don't have to believe that it's true. It might come up, but it's just a sentence in your mind that your brain's giving to you. It's not, it doesn't mean it's true. It doesn't mean it's valid. It doesn't mean it's real. It's just a sentence in your mind and you get to choose. Do you want to let that thought stay or do you want to, you know, say bye-bye thought? That's not, it's not welcome in my, in my head. You're not going to make a nest in my brain. And then the other one that I just was talking with a friend yesterday and she shared this analogy with me. I'll see if I can remember it correctly. But she said it was like, imagine you're walking along the beach and there's a seagulls around you and the seagulls are like your thoughts. And if you're walking along and you start feeding a seagull, the seagulls are going to keep coming. That seagull is going to come back for more and more. So if you keep feeding the thoughts, they're going to keep coming again and again, and the pattern gets more and more and more. And then if you take, say you have a seagull and you're like, okay, well, I'm just going to shoot down every seagull that comes near me. All of a sudden you're going to have the DNR around you and all of these seagulls everywhere. So that would not be a good option either. You can't just try to shove all the thoughts away and, and um, kind of delete them because they're there. But if you just start walking along the beach and you just allow those seagulls to like be above you, it doesn't mean they have to be a part of you. And you just like notice them and notice that you don't have to believe them all and that you can just keep walking. So that was a super powerful analogy for her. I love both of these analogies and I hope that they have helped you in some way. If you have any questions, you can share them in the chat box. Or if you want to get coached, you can message me. Um, I do want to share a question that was sent in to me because I want to talk about it a little bit. And she said, Is it normal to feel so angry towards myself and so much guilt? Sometimes I just want to die. And I 
I had emailed her, but I want to talk about it on here as well, is that this is so normal. It is so normal to feel so overwhelmed by guilt, to be so overwhelmed by anger, and to feel like you have no control over it. Like I talked about, we do have control, but to feel like you don't because you don't have the tools, because you don't know how to process it or move through it, but that these are so, so normal and they're very important to process, especially, so I talked about guilt a little bit. I'll talk about anger. I think we feel like anger from when I talk to my clients and, and my own experience is like anger is a bad emotion. We should not feel anger. We shouldn't have to process the anger. And it's like anger is a normal response. So many people feel it, not everybody. And if you don't, that's fine. But when you feel anger, imagine that you, if you um, don't allow it to come through, you're just stopping it in your body. And then it builds up and builds up and builds up. Think of like a giant beach ball that you're holding this giant beach ball of anger underneath the water. And if you don't process it and you don't, work through it. You're just shoving it under and under and under. And then it pops out of the water because you're too tired to hold it in anymore. Then it explodes out at everyone around you. So while I think it's so normal and I want to normalize anger and I want to talk about anger, I think it's also important to process it. So it's normal, but it's also so important to process and work through so you don't hurt yourself and others around you because it's a very intense emotion. So all of these emotions are scary. Do you agree with me that they're scary? They're scary to feel. They're scary to process. I get it. I know that they're scary. I know that they feel really intense. And like, it's almost like your insides are going to like, I don't don't even know how to describe it. It hurts. But I promise they're just feelings and they're just emotions. And it's going to be okay when you process them. So That's just the thing I want you to know that it's normal, that it is. And I remember when I heard that and understood that for the first time that like, I'm not going crazy. (laughs) I was just like, oh my gosh, I felt like a huge weight lifted off my shoulders to understand that I wasn't going crazy, to understand that there was nothing wrong with me, that I'm experiencing grief and this is a normal response to loss. So then I was like, okay, so how can I support myself through this? How can I find tools to support this journey? I know other people have done this. I know other people have lived with this and been able to have a joyful life, been able to like build a beautiful life still. And I wanted that. I wanted to not have my life be over. I was 23 when my daughter died. And I was like, I, I can't even imagine a whole life of this the rest of my life. And if you're here, you might be feeling that same way. Like, I don't know how to live this way for the rest of my life. And here's the thing is you don't have to. There is so much hope. There are so many tools. Doesn't mean grief goes away, but there are so many tools to support you. Take care. We will see you later. Bye-bye. Well, this episode of Grieving Moms podcast is over. You can join me and other grieving mothers in my free Facebook group, to continue conversations of all things life after child loss. Go to www.meganhillica.com slash community to join us there. If you like this podcast, could you please share it with other grieving mothers so that they can also find hope in life after loss and to know that they are never alone.